Good morning, everyone. Florence School of Regulation, Ilaria Conti from Milan, where I'm attending a very interesting workshop on the future of energy utilities. And I'm here with Daniele Agostini, who is the head of low carbon and European energy policy at Enel. Welcome, Daniele. Thank you. Good Thank morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here and uh, also for having given a very interesting presentation. Um, on which, unfortunately, we cannot go into details because uh, this event was under Chatham House rules, but we are very happy to, to have you here. And we would like to ask you a, a few questions about the topic of today's uh, workshop. So um, we are here to discuss uh, what's going to happen in the future for uh, uh, the European electricity and gas markets and um, what the new uh, role of uh, energy utilities will be. So is there really a need to rethink completely the business models? Uh, do, we have to, do we have to focus on a new thinking? Yes, no, and why? Which are the elements? I think more than uh, uh, rethink completely, there is a drastic evolution and structural evolution because the world, our world is changing fast. But to evolve, we obviously need to, uh, we have assets, we have resources that we need to use in order to uh, support us in this transition. So the world is changing because Paris obviously is setting new and more ambitious goals. And there's big, uh, big gaps to be filled in, in terms of ambition. And these gaps will need to have an upscale and um, an acceleration of the mitigation efforts. And this upscaling and acceleration can only happen uh, through uh, more synergies emerging among different policy areas. So we think decarbonization is going to accelerate because it's going to be driven not only by climate change considerations, but it's going to be driven by the fact that air quality uh, benefits are going to become more evident. And emission-free transport, heating and cooling not only is good for our atmosphere in terms of climate change, but also enhances air quality. It's also going to reduce our dependence on uh, extra European energy supply. So again, these additional drivers are going to accelerate drastically the pressure on companies to change. Absolutely. And uh, since you have, um, uh, say, a wide vision, uh, geographically speaking, over um, global markets, um, what's the difference between uh, the, the current developments in Europe and elsewhere, for example, in the, in the US? Is it, is it the same? Are they facing the same challenges or are, they, are there different challenges there? I think, again, so everybody agrees that decarbonization will occur. How quickly it occurs may uh, vary geographically, depending on those drivers that I was talking about. So, for instance, in Europe, we have three big, three big drivers. One is climate change, but more than that is going to be air quality and security supply. In the States, they used to have a big driver with security supply. They did not want to depend from imports. Now that they found shale gas, that driver is uh, coming less into, uh, has less force. And so we see uh, some uh, deceleration there. Nevertheless, at the state level, there are big, strong drivers that continue to be there in Texas, California, for instance. But why is California so keen on decarbonization? Because they have air quality problems. So again, you need to look at the wider picture. That's why I follow energy policies, not just carbon policies, because the wider picture is what's going to be shaping the strength of uh, this decarbonization. The last example is China. 
China today is decarbonizing because it's got big air quality problems and because they've learned that they cannot depend on the Middle East and on Africa on importing all their resources. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to get their energy resources at home with renewables that may complement their coal uh, resources. So again, different speeds, but decarbonization is happening throughout our world. Yes, different speeds and different reasons uh, at the basis of this, uh, these choices, which is also interesting to analyze. Um, so uh, you said at some point today that um, it's not so important to, um, that, that a utility, that a company uh, adapts fastly to the changes, but that uh, the company has the instruments to look forward and to um, understand uh, how to adapt in a fastly changing world. So this sentence is, I think, very beautiful and very true. Could you elaborate a little bit more on this? Yeah. Which are the instruments? I think traditionally we've been always taught to think sector-wise. You know, there's the industrial players in the transport sector, in the electricity sector, and then in the gas sector. These days, solutions go across sectors. We've seen that with smartphones. You have a phone that also works as a computer, as a navigational tool, and it does pictures. So same thing with a car. Today, a car is just to be moved from A to B. Tomorrow will be used to be moved from A to B, but also to provide electricity to the grid. And so it becomes a player. So all these uses see cross-sectoral uh, gaps that need to be filled. Now, how does a company like Enel that is uh, focused on one sector able to have a dialogue with these other sectors? And we've developed uh, our open uh, power approach, open innovation, where we partner with other players and other industries and we find ways of cooperating in order to not have to develop in-house a lot of skills that are maybe in the IT sector or in the mm -hmm. telecom sector. And so in that sense, the big, uh, the big uh, challenge is actually getting a company to be open to the outside world, both in terms of the changes that are occurring, but also with which other partners in other sectors can we partner well in with what business model. So partnering, open partnerships is really the key word for being resilient to this change. Okay, so we, we could say instead of being um, de developed horizontally, it's actually in several directions. That's the direction that uh, uh, utilities will have to follow in the future. So not only vertical, not only horizontal, but a little bit uh, in uh, following like a star um, directions. But say. in an open network type of approach, not in terms of diversifying the business and bringing in-house parts of businesses that we do not understand. By so building, that's a big change. By building, it's not diversifying okay. our core business, mm -hmm. but it's actually building networks, networks. across sectors. Well, that's a very, very interesting uh, vision. And in this uh, very challenging uh, perspective, uh, what can the regulators do? What can regulation, how can regulation help? Uh, sometimes I have the feeling that uh, um, uh, there, there is a little bit of a chicken and egg uh, issue when I hear uh, from the industry that uh, the, the industry would like to, to see uh, signals for investments and certainty of regulation. On the other hand, the regulator can only look at the market that uh, is in front of, of, of itself uh, and also trying to uh, um, analyze uh, and interpret the signals coming from the industry. So is it an egg or chicken uh, question or is there like a starting point where somebody should start doing something, in fact? I think we, we lost track that markets are a mean to an end and they're not the end itself. I was very struck. I was in China last year and they're very gun ho on markets these days. 
in markets to find solution and creativity with creativity. So I think the, the thing is here is to take markets are great, but they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. One of the main failures of market is the fact that the discount rate is very, is very high for the future. So people are not thinking ahead. So on certain things like infrastructure, we need the public politicians and regulator to be able to walk to fill in that gap and provide that input to ensure that that failure is made up for. So I think infrastructure will be a key area in which regulators need to understand what we will need and how we finance it. For the rest, it's just making sure that they're on top of the developments of private sector market operators. Mm -hmm. So they do not lag behind. We see new business models emerging with new needs and regulators need to understand that they're not changing the regulation, but they're evolving the regulation. Mm -hmm. Some of this evolution is marginal. If we manage to do it marginally, it's going to be shockless. If instead we accumulate it over years and then we do it all together, it's going to create discontinuities. So again, the key is not lagging behind, but staying in tune with the development of the market operators and what ideas are coming up. Great. So we, um, we heard that utilities are uh, looking more and more uh, ahead and uh, they need uh, uh, cooperation in, in all senses, in all the possible meanings, cooperation with the other sectors, cooperation with the uh, experts in, uh, in other fields and of course cooperation uh, with policymakers and, uh, and regulators as the, f the future is a bit uncertain at the moment. This is something we all agreed on this morning, one of the few things. <laughs> okay, so well, thank you very much for this chat. Um, thank you, thank it was you. a pleasure. And uh, yes, talk to you soon. Yeah, and thank you for the event, we'll be looking forward to more events like this. Fantastic, thank you.